This is a Lip Media Podcast. Oh, chickens. Oh my god, I've just seen the ascension of the Cybermen and lord do I have a theory. Hello, chickens. It's the fabulous Adam Richard coming to you from Queenstown. Kia Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, so uh, I've seen The Ascension of the Cybermen. Like, it just finished. I've been watching on an analog television. <laughs> I'm in, like, a weird little motel. Uh, spectacular view out the window of this big lake. Uh, it's got a name. It's a Maori name, and it's very hard to pronounce. Waka dukatui, waka waka. Anyway, it's um, it. I I know how to say Lake Manapuri, which I went on yesterday, which goes. You have to go across that lake and then up through some hills, and then I went to Doubtful Sound, which is a fjord, um, which is beautiful. Like this country is stunning. Anyway, um, we're not here to talk about my holiday. Uh, we're here to talk about Doctor Who. The Ascension of the Cybermen. Um, oh, you know what? Like, I mean, it's part one. So what can I, how can I have feelings about it without knowing what happens in part two? But I have them. I have many of them. Um, and you know what? That My first thought is, A, it is the kind of Cyberman space opera that I always imagined when I was a kid. Like, I used to read the the uh, Doctor Who books because, you know, a lot of those episodes were missing. Like, they found Tomb of the Cybermen, the Patrick Troughton one, in 1992, I think it was, 91, 92, and I was living in the UK. So, I'd read the book. My book has tomato sauce all over it because I used to read and eat and walk and everything. Um, <laughs> I read the book and loved it and then finally got to uh, see it in the 90s. I was living in the UK. You could buy it from Woolworths uh, <laughs> on VHS. And it was so exciting. But because, you know, the way the television show was made in the 60s, all of the space opera kind of elements that you imagine that are that are in the books, that are kind of backstory, really, until they get into the little base and they're all trapped there with the Cybermat. Um, none of that is is actually in the show in the old days. So, in my head, the Cyberman adventures were big and epic and, uh, you know, spacey. But in reality, you know, as uh, Tom Baker says <laughs> in Revenge of the Cybermen, you know, you're just a, a, a handful <laughs> travelling around in a tin can. So, this was as epic as I'd imagined. Because that's the other thing. Ever since the show's come back in 2005... I feel like every time they use the Cybermen, it just never quite lives up to my expectations. Uh, 
even though there have been some spectacular episodes, Cybermen versus the Daleks was spectacular. Apparently, that was meant to be what happened in uh, Frontier in Space and then um, Planet of the Daleks. There was meant to be a Daleks v Cybermen thing going on and Terry Nation said, no, I don't want it. I won't have it. Um, anyway, they finally did that <laughs> in, in Series 2, uh, Doomsday, which I can't watch, um, not because it's terrible, but because it has such a tragic ending and I cry every time. So it's it's one of those ones you can't look at too often. Um, Billy Piper, just breaking your heart at every turn. Uh, anyway, so... We've had the you know the two parter where the they brought back the Cybermen uh, with Billy Piper and David Tennant and that was like it was good the Cybermen were scary but it it still wasn't a crazy Cybermen space opera which is what I've been longing for um, and there were they kind of made some sort of attempt at it with the end of the Peter Capaldi era with the old Mondasian-style Cybermen and, you know, then there were lots of different Cybermen, but they were all fighting in a forest, um, which is fine, uh, but I want spaceships. I want spaceships. I want darkness. I want control centres. I want, you know, thousands of Cybermen like in Earthshock, uh, and I got all of that in this episode. Oh, my God, it was so exciting. The new design of the Cybermen, I absolutely adore because it kind of in a way harks back to those late 60s early 70s style Cybermen the ones from The Invasion uh, the Patrick Troughton story of which there's a couple of episodes missing that they've been made into cartoons oh my god they're so cute Um, I did love when uh, (laughs) the company that got the commission to make The Invasion made like a little trailer and it was really exciting and then they found out the two episodes that they were making had barely any Cybermen in them. I mean, that's one of the th- weird things about most of the Cybermen episodes are there's there's hardly ever a Cybermen in it. Like, you know, you get like one or two down the end and they're hiding in cupboards uh, <laughs> and their plans are always terrible. But yeah, this is kind of, I feel like Chris Chibnall is doing wish fulfillment. Maybe he had the same feelings as I did reading those Target books and it's like, oh, all this stuff, because you always hear about the cyber war, it's always something that happened, um, but, you know, then there's remnants of it, but you never get to see it in in full flight. And yes, again, we're in the remnants of, of a cyber war, but this is quite spectacular like this is big enormous uh you know floating dead cybermen uh, lots of spaceships the end of the world that i mean i haven't even started talking about the weird portal that goes through to gallifrey and what implications that has for what's going on so i mean there's hardly any humans left. Now, I know people are going to be complaining because it's like, well, that was Utopia and the the Master's already done this plan. It's like, yes, this this is Doctor Who. Uh, <laughs> things change. Also, perhaps uh, having the Siberium um, go into the Lone Cybermen has rewritten history in some way. Uh, so, that whole Utopia, you know, Sound of Drums finale doesn't some of those events never happen i don't know I, th- I feel like every time the doctor has a new adventure it wipes out all the old adventures and i'm fine for that um <laughs> i like if elements come back i just you know i i can't keep up with things like I, even if you watch uh 
soap operas, they forget storylines like seven years later. Like they just have people hooking up. It's like they had a baby like ten years ago, and and the baby went off to university, and now you've had them meeting like they've never met before. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm fine for these things. Uh, but yeah, it was exciting. Oh, I was really excited about Julie Graham. She's one of my favorite actors. Uh, I don't know if you've seen. She was in the reboot of Survivors, uh, which was made a few years ago, where everyone on Earth dies of a virus except for this handful of people. Um, she's great in that. She's great in the Bletchley Circle, uh, which is uh, kind of like a crime drama about a bunch of women who worked uh, in code breaking during World War Two. And it is a it is a very very cute show, um, if you like crime things. But yeah, she's amazing in that. And then they go off. To, I think they go off to San Francisco. Like it's one of those shows that was on like some little nothing channel in the UK and was only ever two series. And they're both great. Um, and then it's just been in repeats on all of the streaming services. And I think there must have been demand for it. Anyway, it turned up on Netflix the other week. Uh, there's a they're in San Francisco now, so the Americans must love it, um, which is always a boon. It's the reason they make all these Doctor Who Blu-rays with the old episodes on them now, because the Americans love them, and I love the Americans for loving Doctor Who. Bless you and your enormous number of people with cash um, <laughs> for keeping my favourite shows alive. Uh, so, yeah, I... But, yeah, Julie Graham is great. Uh, and that little... It's, do you think Graham's going to hook up with her character? Because it seemed like there was sort of a frisson going on. Like when she goes, you're really strange. I like strange. And it's like, oh, is this is this Graham leaving? Is he going to run off with her? Or is, you know, she going to die and it's going to just hurt Graham so much. It's going to be another person he's lost. And then he'll lose Ryan and then he'll go crazy. Um, so when... Gallifrey appeared in the end of the portal thing where all the last of the humans had gone. My immediate thought was, oh, the Doctor has always known that this happened somewhere in her subconscious. Because like the, you know, the chatty rags uh, from the ghost monument, they said, you know, it was hidden even from her. Uh, so maybe, you know, when... The Doctor says in the, if you've seen the Paul McGann movie, which we will watch at some point in this show, uh, he says, I'm half human on my mother's side. So, maybe the Doctor knows deep down that Gallifrey was created by all of the humans who went through the portal. I don't know. The Master turned up at the end. It, it's... Uh, I, I, I really don't know. And anyway, but speaking about the end, it's I can hear the music. I've got to stop. I've got to stop talking. I've got. I'll, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll talk more tomorrow. Please send me a theory.